All right, man. Before we ever start off, you know, start off on all of this, let's go ahead and how you guys feeling today? How's your mental health? How are you everything doing? Uh, I'm copacetic, bro. Copacetic. That's Chad. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Um, you know, I'd say the last couple weeks have been uh, pretty tough, just trying to decipher and digest everything that's been going on. But um, but the last two weeks, you know, I can say that, honestly, I'm, I'm in a much better place, um, just processing things differently, um, more on a spiritual level. So it's put me in – it's got me in a pretty good place right now. So. Hey, Sam. I feel that. I feel that. Sanjay, how you feeling today? Doing good. Uh, I think the last couple of weeks have been a little bit stressful. There's like a lot of stuff going on uh, with work, uh, just the stuff going around I guess, across the world. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, I think I feel like I have a positive feeling about where we're heading toward. Uh, I feel like like Shad was talking about the change. I can see the change that's happening slowly, which is a good thing. Man, but definitely, um, I feel it. Yeah. Uh, so how you me, doing, my boy? For me, I feel uh, I'm of course still a little. I'm gonna be stressed regardless. You know what I'm saying? Just cause right. I mean, we we are we, we. This is a weird, weird time, bro. This is something I've never experienced in my life. Past of like a few situations, but like 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 and I, like for once, I feel like. A little bit the 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 protesting and all that stuff and the rioting, it, it was for a good cause. Like, um, a lot of people don't. A lot of I heard I saw a lot of people saying like the rioting, like what is that going to accomplish? And even some of our own like black uh, quote unquote celebrities and influencers were saying like, what is this going to do? And it was like, yo, you got to think about it. Like for years, like Martin Luther King killed peaceful protest. Um, Selma Bridge, peaceful protest, beat the shit out of our people. You know what I'm saying? Um, the, the, the newest thing would be peaceful would be um, Charlottesville. They were peaceful protesting the, 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 the violent protesters that were running around talking about, you know, with tiki torches. We were peaceful and they were violent. People got ran over, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Kaepernick took a knee peacefully. Stand up, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's stuff like that. And so it's like, for me, I don't want to seem like I have become more um, elitist, not elitist, but like radical, but I've really felt like, fuck, fuck them businesses, you know what I'm saying? Part of my French, but I really felt like, you know, diluting because we've been doing it peacefully for years, you know, and I hate to say that, you know what I'm saying? But go ahead. No, I think, man, DC, to your point, man, the fuck the businesses part, I, I disagree with that part because I feel like because the anger is directed at the wrong things because you got to yeah. say a lot of those business owners are probably like, they, those could have been black owned businesses. Yeah. Um, yeah, people who like people who trying to make like an honest living, like who stores got like 
looted. And to be honest, man, if you're like owning a mom and pop shop and that happens, you know, there's a chance that you may not open that store for like several years or mm. months. Because I agree. You're right. You're right. So, I, you know, I, I think, you know, I understand why the, the rioting's happening because uh, a famous quote by Martin Luther King is, uh, rioting is the voice of the unheard. So to your point, BC, I think the rioting is happening is because we've gone unheard for so long and nobody's listening. So it's a lot of energy um, that's that's being asserted into that. And it's not the correct way to do things. Yeah. Look, hold on, hold on, hold on. Then what is the correct way to do things? Because well, we, we, we hear all the time, we protest peacefully. We Sorry, take the we, we walk across bridges, and what do they do to us? I think I think you do like, protest. You protest like big corporations or people that support certain ideas or racist, you know, that form of, of belief. You know, hurt. You know, if, when their pocketbooks get hurt, you know, it, you know, then they hear you. You know, you know, like a lot of and even small business. Like I've seen, like we're like. You would have like a contractor come in over work and like they had like a Confederate flag, you know, some of the minority people, you know, like some of the black people like get the fuck out of here, you know, you're not getting my business. So Yeah. I feel that. Um I mean you can do that. I think I'm I'm still not like destroy their shit, but like, hey, you're not getting my money, you know. How about saying like so maybe I shouldn't have said fucking businesses. I wasn't saying that in their pocketbooks. I wasn't saying that on a on a like let's go out and purposely go get the businesses. I was saying that if your business got looted in in, in between, unfortunately, unfortunately, it was collateral damage to the situation. And the, the situation at hand was for years and years we've done peacefully, done right, righteously, the right thing in my eyes as a black man. And and you know what? And if you have a business, you should probably have insurance too. Yeah, I man, you know that's not gonna happen with a lot of those mom and pop stores. A lot of those mom and pop stores, they just functioning like their day to day. Like they they don't have enough capital to bring in to have that insurance on there to have their overhead. They're, they're I think not they do. Money like that. I mean, if you're like those areas and stuff, I've seen. In order for you to rent those tenant space, you gotta. And in order to have a business, just to be, you know, I think you gotta have like general liability and some of these basic insurance, you know. Understand if you're just like a little hot dog stand outside, but a lot of these businesses have insurance and they're probably covered. Yeah. Then um, that brings the question: Then why? Then why are we discussing it? But, then the topic, if if that's the case, because well, uh, because but, hold on, because it's the narrative. Of them, they, it's they the narrative, been, right? Been like I hadn't had no insurance. Like this is all I had. I worked for this. I blase 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 quote-unquote-unquote. Like, that's what they are saying. These are actual people that are having to have their business uh, rioted in the last few weeks to saying they don't have insurance and stuff like that. So, like, I still don't get it, but, like, I just want to bring this back to the thing, like, what is a, what is the right way to protest and what is the wrong way to protest? Because I, I have a, I have a quite a bit of a, uh, I, I guess like emotional attachment to that, like just anger to that being told that we walk the streets, we do all this stuff peacefully and we still are attacked. Like nothing is never came from us being peaceful. Like we get some change done, but like the rap is brought through peace. And the it's one thing I will say about through radical change. 
Yeah, the one thing I will say that I've noticed that, I mean, unfortunately, unfortunately, you know, although the looting and, you know, the, the, the aggression, aggressive way happened, a lot of things came from it. Uh, they arrested, you know, all four of those cops, um, which, in my opinion, should, should have happened immediately. But I also know that, you know, it's not going to happen how we want it to happen. In North Carolina, I know for a fact that um, coming, from, coming from this whole movement in this time, in North Carolina, hold on one second. Dude, I was going to say. Uh, coming from North Carolina, um, like they're now doing, um, if, if your case was, if you felt like your case was racially biased and you're on death row and you have, they're giving death row inmates a chance to prove that their case was racially biased. Where, and, and, and for some people, that's not a big thing. Even if they get it downgraded to, you know, life in prison, that's saving their life. You know what I'm saying? Uh, imagine being a, uh, going up on fucking trial and you know you're supposed to get uh, jury of your peers and no one is your color. So no one's going to even look at it, you know, and, that, and that, that verdict came back 45 minutes quick, flipped around, you know what I'm saying, automatically. So um, I think that a lot of changes came from it, uh, but it also has shown – I mean, I don't know if y'all have seen, there's a video that's going around um, and maybe I can do a screen share and we can look over it. Um, there's a video going around where, here, let's see if I can show it. Um, there's a video going around where um, a lot of cops, there was a bunch of cops and they're just being aggressive. That's, that's the stuff I'm talking about. Like, those people weren't doing anything before that, and the cops were being aggressive. Like, how, how can we peacefully protest? But, like, you go, but they have these alt-right rallies and crap out here, and they, they don't do nothing to them. White folks storm up the capital of Michigan. Ain't nothing at, with weapons. Nothing. Not no riot gas. They didn't have on masks. They had on no gear at all. Just tell hey, you got the peaceful right to assemble. Just guys, calm down. We don't get none of that. You know, look, I think we what this thing, don't get that. I think what this thing is showing is that, or it's kind of exposing all the bad cops or stuff in the system. And I think, I don't know exactly what it was, but like in 2006, or I think there was like a report by the FBI where they were saying that white or super race, you know, what do you, what do you call the people? Oh, white right. supremacists? No, no, white, white supremacists. That they were infiltrating local police departments and stuff like that. And that was like back in 2006. So, you know, it's like, if you think about America and the history, you know, it's like a systematic approach, you know, where how racism is kind of implemented and, you know, kind of comes through. So I feel like, you know, 
it's deep in, inside a lot of areas in the community, you know, local, mostly local, you know, at the local level, county level. And the only way to do, change it is that you got to have significant policy, policy change. And the only way to do that is like, you got to have super majority control where, you know, you can pass the laws, you know, somebody can't veto it, you know, you don't got to worry about the other party or negotiate, you know, where their backers are, you know, giving them, you know, where they have police have certain immunities. I forgot what it is, but you know, they can't get sued. They have a lot of, you know, protections in a way. <sighs> yeah. So if you make, if you take some of those things away and make them accountable, then, you know, it's just like professional, like if you're a doctor or a lawyer, you know, they have a thing called standard of care, right? You know, you got to be held to- Or an architect. Oh yeah, architect, you know, it's called, you know, you got a protection of general health care, welfare, life and safety, you know. Uh, so if you neglect or if you're negligent, you know, you're liable and you get sued or, you know, they come after you. Same thing in engineering. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, but here, here's the thing though, you, we're we're a small minority in the United States. How how do how do we go by changing this? By changing, this? do we just flat out start over? Do we do we put in more sanctions that don't seem to be working as they are? But I am gonna say this: I I saw or read somewhere the Democrats were introducing a bill that was supposed to like. Demilitarize the. Am I saying that right? The, whatever. Yeah, the police. The 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 police and you make know, they get like a lot of the surplus from the Pentagon. Isn't that true, Shad? Sorry, huh? don't they get like a lot of the leftover equipment from the military and? I'm not real knowledgeable on that, so I don't no. say I don't know. But they got a lot of militarized stuff uh, from my point of view that I don't think they need. So what happened was in 1994, under the Clinton era, there was a bill that was passed by the Senate that was introduced, passed by the Senate, the Congress, and the President that allowed our police to become more militarized. So what happened was what you saw then was a change of guard from, uh, I guess, standard policing to more militarized policing where their ammo changed, uh, the vehicles changed, so they started being more, you start seeing more undercover cars, uh, roaming the streets um, during that era. So you got to think um, these were policies that were set in place by our own Congress and elected and approved by all of our generally elected officials, approved generally by our elected officials during that time. So that wasn't something that they just kind of won off um, saying, hey, we got extra equipment from you know our military. Uh, we can pass down to police officers. That was something that our 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 elected officials chose to do under their own power but you know well, you know why they did because there's a huge influence by the nra you know if you think about it nra was a huge you know, I mean, now it has lost a lot of power but you know it's a huge lobbying firm you know and you no know, they sell like a lot of you know military gun ammos you know a lot you know they basically sell every fucking gun in america and they they're always pushing for you know ways to sell guns and and it's another yep. thing with just America. It's just the, the thing, I guess, fascination with America and the way Americans brought up, you know, the ability of, you know, you being armed, the whole idea of, you know, you have the right to bear arms, you know, being able to, you know, I guess, fight your government or I don't know. But there's like a kind of fascination, you know, if you think about it in American society where 
the military is like held in this uh, way in other culture, like in sports now, you know, it's, it was kind of introduced to football, you know, like the anthem, I guess to for recruitment in a way. I think it was like more of propaganda, I guess, using. It was propaganda. Remember that they paid, the military paid the uh, NFL quite a bit of money for that and to pull social out field, but, to boost morale. And but there's a certain, but there's a certain, but there's a certain segment of population that, you know, wants that and supports that idea of militaristic, you know. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to say they don't because, like, the one thing I kept hearing from my majority of white friends, and I don't know if they were picking or they were doggone serious, was about, um, I don't know if y'all had friends that were mentioning this stuff, but they were like, oh, the, um, you know, when they put in the, the stay-at-home stuff, and they were talking about uh, martial law. They were talking about Hell they yeah. They worried about martial law and Oh, they're not gonna take my guns. Like there's a fascination with Americans. And I think especially with our brother and white white folks that that this martial law that the government's gonna take everything that they have, like it's just it's just a notion for them that, that it's repeated over and over and over again. Literally like, I was talking to a man yesterday who was saying about how he has went and got 36 clips for his AR because he's not going to let nobody take his gun. But you see the irony, like, but you see the irony, those same people, like, they're not standing up to the government right now that's kind of oppressing and taking away people, right? You know, pro peaceful protest is like, you know, First Amendment. It's before the Second Amendment, you know. You have the Second Amendment to protect kind of your rights <laughs> in a way, right? Yeah, yes. you know. But the thing is, it kind of shows what they really want is they want a certain idea, which is kind of, you know, Racism. I think it's, you know they've been ingrained, you know, so many generations and Fox News and you know, it's been just like uh, systematic. You know, I keep on saying the word systematic, but that's like a fucking true thing. You know, people been brainwashed. Oh, it is. I mean, I hate a lot to say It is systematic, man. Let me tell you, oh, like a few things that need to change. Have any of y'all ever been arrested? Yes. <laughs> All right. So three out of four. That's crazy. Three out of four you know, people. That's actually the statistic. Is this what was it? Is it, it, it three it, out of every four black men would be arrested or something like yeah. that? Yeah. One out of four. Sam, you got arrested. Okay. So prime example. You know, one of the biggest things people get arrested for in America is resisting arrest. Really? What is that like? I mean. Resistant arrest it used to be a law. Resistant arrest used to be an add-on charge that they used to add on, but they're now using it as a hundred percent charge to arrest people. Um, so yeah, so so, but the thing is, like you, if you go read the definition of de resisting arrest, based on state by state, it kind of varies, but mostly it is like. If I'm going to arrest you and I have a warrant and I'm arresting you and you you fight me, I'm giving you a resisting arrest. But you cannot make that the main charge of someone. Yeah. And, yeah. They, and a lot of times that is the main charge for a lot of people. Um, it start, And it starts there. We need, um, for one, for one, 
I think in schools, they need to do a better job of maybe a class, maybe ethics class, maybe something that lets you know what your what your rights are. Instead of just, you know, going through the amendments when you're in history class. All right. Um, that way you know what your rights are. That way you know what you can and cannot do. Then you need more tr police training. I think I think the poli a police military uh, police academy is like seven weeks max. How long, Chad? When you joined the military, how long was your how long was your uh, like mine? Uh huh. Ten weeks. Ten weeks. And, but, but then, then you, you still go, had to do training, right? You had to go do, work. Then you go days. and do training once a month, right? Yeah. I think I think something like that would be more beneficial, uh, and of course, like if you go look and see your freaking. But that's your, that's not your, all we get trained on too, because we get ethics training, we get like start training, harassment training. You you'll get all that training. You'll see a lot of that stuff. I you need that. I mean, police need that too, though. Yeah, but in, I mean, in thirty-five states, you can rape a woman. And deny that you did it as a police officer, and it will not. And you can be, you know, you're good. So you can abuse your power. Huh? They're kind of giving benefit of the doubt all the time. You know, they're always giving. No, no, it's not even that. A cop can say it was 100 percent consensual, and then it it gets thrown away. That's what I'm saying. It gives. It always gives cops the benefit of the doubt. The law is written in a way that it gives a lot of. A lot of leniency to the law, right? It's very vague. Hey, you know what? And there's another thing I'm gonna throw on. You know, you, you we were talking about like just resisting arrest is kind of the main charge. And they had this other policy called frisk. You know, stop and frisk. frisk yeah. stop, stop and frisk, frisk or whatever. But you know, this whole thing about systematic thing is like you know a lot of prisons are you know private. You know, the whole idea of you know it's like two goals. You know, you take the votes away or you know suppress minorities because you know once you're a felon, hard to get a job. You can't vote. You can't do a lot of shit, you know. So you're setting back the society, the family. Then you got cheap labor. You know, you're making somebody else richer. You know, the old good old boy who has in con, you know, contacts within the government that gets the contracts. But the thing about Florida, okay, you know, in Florida they passed an amendment where people who had like you know a lot of the federal, uh, you know, like rep on their, you know, they had a. They went to jail or whatever, you know. They they have it on the record, you know. They got erased, you know, and they can vote again, you know. So soon after that, you know, that was like a constitutional thing. So you know, that was like voted by the people, you know, like super majority. You got to have like sixty or seventy percent to do that. So okay, that happened, that passed. So you know, that happened, but then you know, GOP they still had power. Right after that, you know what what they do? Pass a law. People, you know, they can't vote until they pay back their fines or stuff. So you know, so so. It's another way for them to control, you know, it's like, ah, yeah, you think you got your vote, but, you know, here's another thing, you know, you really can't vote. You know, I mean, court and got struck down, but you see the schemes and the things they go to. Yeah. It's really crazy. This went from an intro to an automatic in jumping in. Yeah. I Sam, you were about to say something? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 
Um, man, you know what, Shad, you asked a really good question. And, you know, I, I've kind of listened to everybody chime in and, and say their piece. Um, you know, I definitely want to come in and be able to answer the question directly. Um, so I'm going to come at you guys with a couple of points here. Um, so, um, Shad, you, you, the question you asked, Shad, was can change, can peaceful protests uh, bring about change? Um, and I would argue that, yes, it can. Um, uh, one thing that we have to continue to do is to continue peaceful protesting and stop the looting. Um, one thing we have to really emphasize besides protesting, the next step, protesting is just one step, but we have to continue our efforts and we have to start hitting the voting booths. That's really important. And once we start hitting these voting booths, we also not only have to, uh, one thing we have to do next is start holding these these elected officials accountable. That's something we don't do. These yeah. elected officials, we do not hold them accountable. We sit there and put them in and we, and we don't do nothing. We put them in, we don't go to city hall meetings. We don't go, we don't go to town hall meetings. We don't do none of that. So when they're sitting there, when it, and the one thing that we forget is that a lot of the major decisions that govern us it's local. Um, on a local level happens in those meetings and most people don't go to those meetings so when we're in black neighborhoods and they're getting gentrified don't think that's just happening out of the blue they had a meeting about that and they sent flyers out because they have to do it but nobody goes to the meetings so we have to start one thing is start holding them accountable but we also have to start holding ourselves accountable to make sure that the people we put in office are doing what they say they're going to do for our communities we also, to go along with that, you have to get some of these career politicians out of office. There oh, needs to be a, as, as, a limit yeah. on congressmen. On, because look at Mitch McConnell. He's been in the thing so long and has done so little for Louisville. Rand Paul. I hate that bastard, Rand Paul. Oh God! <laughs> but you yeah. know, but but that, but it's kind of like the idea, like going back to the whole principle. Like some of these people, they want these government where they don't do, you know, the least kind of, you know, they don't want the change. I guess in a way, you know, they want the money. And that's another thing. Like you know, big corporations or a lot of these people that have billions of dollars. You know, they use racism in a way to control a lot of those. Well, like you know. There's certain, you know, minority, you know, there's the, like you were saying, you know, we're like the small, like black people are the small amount, you know, Indians and others even smaller, you know, Hispanic is even small, but we got to have the white people kind of on board, you know, a certain amount. And I think it's slowly changing their mind, not all of them, but a good amount, which, you know, I think will help out in the long run. Honestly, I don't think it's slowly changing their mind. Honestly, bro. Uh, the or reason why, the woman, you know, the the reason why the, there was a up, you know how back in I think it would be 2016 when when Trump got elected, when you yeah. saw the extreme right and the white supremacists start marching and stuff. You know the real reason why they're doing it is about yeah. about 40 years, white people would be in the minority where and like, and that's why they're like pre, pre um they're preaching you know. Take your race and stay in there, and you know, let you know because you know there is. And stop immigration border. Baby boomers are going away, and baby boomers are going away, and 
Gen Z is taking over. Statistic, bro. I don't want to say, Sam, check me if I'm, if I'm wrong. But aren't aren't white people dying faster than they can be, like, replenished? Like, the birth rate of white people was down. Or they're having less kids. I think, like, the amount not, of kids, you know. Yeah, Sanjay, I think you were going to say it, Sanjay. But, Shad, you're right. It's not that they're dying all faster. It's just the fact that they're not reproducing as fast as they're dying. Okay, and it's counterpart to other race, too. Like, you know, there's more Hispanic kids. You know, they like I don't know, I forgot, but like I think that that's like the biggest growing population right now. Yes. Sanjay, every twenty every twenty-six out of a hundred kids in public schools now are Hispanic slash Latino. So they will be the bigger minority by twenty fifty. They'll be the bigger minority. That's crazy. Uh, isn't it crazy that how how the face of America is and the power of that vote is very, very critical in getting but here's my thing. I think I think we have to – here's something I've been hearing, too, a lot on this, just to, um, to say this. I think we need to start voting our own interest, not on party lines, not because that's a Democrat or that's a Republican, but literally our own personal interest. Like, is this person going to do whatever it takes to better the community or better something that you like? like uh, as black people, we have voted for the Democrats for years right after the – well, whatever, when they switch when, when the party – Yeah. Yep. You know? Yep. We, we've been voting Democrat, voting Democrat, voting Democrat. But what has it got us? And it's something funny, like when Sam said the 1994 bill that came across, one of the most celebrated presidents in the black community is who? Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. This man put in the three-strike rule, passed that bill up under our nose, but we celebrate him to the highest power. His wife called us predators, then denied when she ran. It's just like we gotta stop just voting for people just because they're Democrat. We really have to do our due diligence as 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 Americans to do some well, research, I, folks. I think what changed, I think, I don't know, maybe is like the the amount of diversity in the candidates, or you know, it's definitely different. You know, people who ran in the 90s were, you know, mostly represented by a certain race segment, I feel like. Versus now, you know, I mean, it's still, you know, more slightly lean, but it's still better, you know. It's like that now, man. Look at the president we had. All right, so when we started off, we had a diverse, I don't know to say, a variety. I'm going to start you. We had a variety of people up there. We had Cory Booker. We had, uh, uh, what's that woman out, out, out in California? I uh, cannot think of her name for nothing. Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. We had the senator from Hawaii who was a soldier. We had Andrew Yang. We had, uh, we had plenty of diversity, but what happened at the end of it? All of them got dwindled down to Bernie yeah. Sanders. Uh, Lisbon Warren and Joe Biden. True, but but it kind of still represents you know the major block. I mean, until twenty just you know we gotta cross that threshold, you know. But but you know the thing the thing I look at is like I don't care. I mean, it does matter, but like if their mindset changes where they kind of view and help towards you know what everybody's good for everybody, then I wouldn't mind you know helping. Because you know who the vice president's going to be? It's going to be definitely Camilla or, I don't know, somebody minority. It's going to be our Dick Cheney. It's, you know, it's going to be the, 
it's going to be our turn to get our Dick Cheney in, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and that's how yeah. it works. Like, I think the whole point of having Joe Biden is like this guy who's in the middle who, you know, kind of appeals to both sides and definitely it's like a safe play in a way. Sam, what you got to say? Sam is fighting to say something. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I want thank you, DC. Um, yeah, I, I kind of want to chime in here just a little bit. So, um, Shad, I, I agree with you. One thing we have to do better is educate ourselves on our politics and also on our rights. Um, and also, like, this is interesting. We're having this conversation, seeing where um, you guys are going with this. It's one thing that I think we all have to bring in the context here is um, what we're. I think one thing we've been looking at everything through one one lens, and we've been looking at it through the racial lens. Um, and I, I, I would I would want to challenge you guys to think of uh, of another lens that I've noticed, but I don't know if y'all have really been paying attention. Um, is this is not just about race. Um, this is also about uh, a power struggle in generations um, that I'm starting to realize. So what it is is that you you've noticed that the majority of protesters are of the younger generation they're black and white and any other race in between and what it is is that we've entered the adult uh into this the workforce into our our parents world our grandparents world and the the younger generation our generation has realized how messed up things are and the fact that we have to live in it and we're seeing things for what it is knowing that's not how we were brought up and also educated on how things are supposed to be and so we're so now you're seeing a point where our generation is bringing up a, a loud voice because you also have to remember now the baby boomers are retiring and i think the millennials and the millennial generation is the largest workforce now in uh, um in the united states and i think that took a little bit of a hit with the COVID uh virus but um generally speaking the majority of the workforce is of the millennial population um, but you, you're right, and I think what we're seeing here is a change in the guard, but the problem is, is that we haven't seen this change happen in our politics yet. And I think this is like the, the beginning of that paradigm shift um, to, where, to where, we can start, where we can really start to see the change um, that can occur. Um, you know, I watched a video with Dick Cheney, um, the late Dick Cheney, um, rest in peace. Um, it was an interview he did about six years ago. You said rest in peace? <laughs> yeah, Dick Cheney, not Dick Cheney, got dog. No, I was about to say, I was like, what the I'm fuck sorry, is Dick Gregory. <laughs> my bad. My bad. Dick Gregory. Dick Gregory. I'm sorry. Dick Gregory. Um, Dick Gregory, uh, rest his soul. Um, he had an interesting interview. He interviewed a young man, and um, you know, he said in that interview towards the end of it that he felt like our generation um was gonna be the generation that would uh make the big change that should that the i think the civil rights movement during the 60s was trying to push but obviously was like you know it was given in increments and i think now we're going to have a big push um we probably won't see it like in the next year or two but i think we'll see it like in the next decade uh, when we'll hey. really start to see some things really change so i want to kind of quickly throw in there you know you were talking about protests and stuff i just want to tie in you know peaceful protests like you know, if it really works, and it definitely does. Like, if you go back to, like, India and what Gandhi did and what MLK did, was it was just about, it was just, you know, it was a peaceful protest, but it was, like, in mass numbers, you know. It was just a huge, significant force where, you know, you definitely felt, like, that, you know, this is a significant change right now. And, you know, 
that, you know, people aren't going to have it, you know. And I think it's slowly kind of, I think, you know, it built up to that point, I think, after Ferguson, you know, and I think it's, I think it's going to carry over, hopefully, to the election. Uh, I'm going to ask something to you. Something about those protests back then, too, are a little bit different. They also hit the dollar amount. Let's think about this. We're, we're talking about the Montgomery bus bus protest, right? Remember that? That was a freedom ride, that right? Was, yeah, that was about money. And here's the thing: our oppressors don't understand anything but money, and it's it's true. A lot of that stuff is tied to money. And I get peaceful protests. Yes, we. Is it a good thing? Yes, but it's it's also kind of like. When violence is met, what do we do? We turn the other cheek. We turn the other I think, cheek all the time. I'm gonna hit on the point, Sam. I'm not. I'm not advocating that we be violent, but I'm just saying, like, there comes a point where there's only so much peace can do, and there's so much it can offer. Yes, it has offered us a lot, but it seems like it seems like now we're we're tired of being peaceful. We're tired of being told this is the way to protest. And or this isn't the way to protest, actually. And then they don't tell us how we should protest. You get what I'm saying? They we cabinet takes a knee. He can't do that. That's not peaceful protesting. Um, the walk in Selma across the bridge that wasn't a peaceful protest. That that was an assembly of people that they destroyed. Threw water on them. Threw dogs at them. Like. At, at one at one at one point, where, where do we stop? Where do we stop it? Because like, also my thing is, America wasn't born outside of our own peaceful protest. It was born out of radical. Were you about to say, Sam? Yeah, I was. So, Chad, you're right. In, in the sense of of the last, you're right. The Boston Tea Party, right? That had to happen because that was part of a, a, a I think what that the revolution. Right, the taxation right, right, without right. representation. You know? uh, yeah, like taxation no taxation without representation. I mean, you're right. They're being ruled by. Yeah, I think that's one country. Monarchy. Right, a monarchy being ruled by, being governed by, and a completely different monarchy all the way across the ocean. Um, but I think in terms of what you just did, Shad, you saw here and said that you don't know how much peaceful protests can bring, but you just saw here and named peaceful protests that have been so effective that we talk about those things to this day. Like we, they said Colin Kaepernick protest was wrong. But we sit here talking about how the the impact of it and how now going into the NFL season, they're going to do that. But that's and 40 years that. later from what he was already initially at. Here's my yeah, thing. The they, don't give, they don't give support then. It's always it's always a lesson learned, right? But it's so always the kid theory. You, you know, the stove hot. Like, don't touch the stove, you know? You know, don't touch the stove. You know, it's like if people don't know, learn until they, especially when it comes to racism and, you know, when you're not as much yourself in a way, you know, it takes a longer, more, you know. Yeah, I, I hear you, but I don't think so. Here's my thing. I think I think people see what goes on. They just choose to ignore it. Well, yeah, you can't. I think what happened is, like, I think shit like this has been happening forever, you know, police brutality, but now we have, videos and re recording, you know, things to kind of expose some of this stuff. And I think I want to go back to this other thing, like going back to opportunity what Sam was talking about, you know, like our generation, you know, we kind of see the reality and stuff. And, you know, going back to like Obama and stuff, like 
I think like six or eight million people voted more versus, you know, during the 2016 election. And it was like a lot of, and a lot of it were like a lot of these conservative or down the middle people, you know. So I think it comes down to opportunities given to people. And, you know, like a lot of those people lost jobs, you know, things, factories left, a lot of things, you know, happened that changed, you know, economy. It is, which kind of goes back to money in a way. I think you can tie a lot of things together and make people come around if, if you kind of relate to the basic thing, like a basic living, you know, you're just trying to do it for your family, you know, live life, you know. Uh, so maybe trying to give these good opportunities. Instead of working in fast food, maybe we have high-end manufacturing, you know, making Tesla cars, good batteries, solar panels, you know. You know, so if they're secure, they're more comfortable about themselves, you know, then they maybe don't have more hate inside of themselves, you know. Maybe they got money to do things they like. I agree, but it's, it's hard to bring back industry in America. America is more of a service industry country now. Um, I, I, the only reason Not I if you bring because, in... Well, if you back into, think back to 1920s, you know, there's always a shift, like a shift from going from oil bad to more energy efficient. I think, yeah, but I think there's a shift. Also, it's also been a shift, too, man. When you look at it like this industrial, right? So in an industrial complex, you're trying to make as much product as you can with the least amount of overhead, right? You uh, A lot of automotive factories are automated. There's not a lot of a lot of these manufacturer jobs are literally automation they have they've made computers and robots have been slowly dwindling that stuff away now where is value back in other countries that are where but what, price, don't you need a to work huh where labor what, costs what, are high but what if, like instead so well i guess my point is like what if what don't you need like a robot technician like somebody to fix or repair those robots maybe That's that could be the that's education and tech, and that's something I don't think that we focus enough on, honestly. And here, sorry, buddy, but like, like, don't you think like instead of for technician, you know, you don't need to go to college for four years. Maybe you go to community college. You know, like oh, you I do. Agree. Oh, I agree. Like, college is not for everybody. Man. Everybody, college so is like not for everybody. And I do agree. So, I think I think we need to be more. You know what? It, it was kind of pushed on us as a kid. You know, you were like, "Oh, go to college, you get a good job," blah 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 blah. Which necessarily a lot of us did. But I know guys that I got a buddy that was a diesel mechanic, and I know a guy that was a that's a welder to make six figures a year. Then they went to trade school. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm I'm a, I'm a big advocate of like somebody going to trade school. Like, I, here's my thing: like, college. Hey, what do you look? DC is high as hell. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, the only, the, I think, I think y'all veered way off the original <laughs> topic. So here's what we're gonna do. Unfortunately, I have to bring out my friend. Two minute warning. Right. So that'd be, hey, look. So basically, we're gonna go back to topic real quick, and we'll we'll get. My my, I've been holding this in. Y'all went y'all went from protesting to industrial and jobs. But it, it, kind of, but, but, but it ties back into yeah, because like, why are we protesting? Because people have been suppressed. They don't have opportunities. You know, we're protesting because we're tired of black people are tired of being killed in the streets like dogs, and that's the real that's the real protest. It's not just about systematic racism. It's about we're tired of people getting killed and nothing, no, no one's being held responsible for the killings. 
and that's the only thing that people that's that and that's and that's the truth um uh and and i have to agree with I, this whole conversation has changed my original point in the beginning because my original point was like if we're our pre peaceful protest isn't working but it like sam said sam opened my eyes it is working because like he said i mean look at kaepernick they're allowing they're allowing them to kneel before the thing and as you see change happening you know as you see change happening you'll see more people stand up and i think that's that that, that that's like a great way to end that, that topic but while we're the, while the we're still here on this top, you know, while we're still in the group, how y'all feel about coronavirus? Y'all good? Oh, that's some. Sh uh, no, I'm no good. No, I'm just. Wait. Um. Any, have y'all have y'all had tests? No, I hadn't had tests. Uh, I've had some people around me get tested. Um. I, I I don't know, man. I don't really know how I feel about it at this point. Like. I want to be like, oh, it's bullshit, and then again, I'm just like, man, it's. A, I, I've seen. I'm scared it. of it, but I'm also like, I'm fighting it. I'm working. I'm working. I haven't been sick during this whole period. I've worked since since basically the country shut down every day. Yeah. Um, today is one of my only days off, but I'm still going back to go into work. Um, so with that being said, NBA is trying to come back. They are having a huge debate. The debate is, you know, a lot of NBA players are members of the black community. And the debate is, do we go back to work when we have this going on? Or do we, if this go, if we go back to work, does it, or does it not um, take eyes off of the Black Lives Matter movement? Which, uh, and I'll give my little personal take on it. I honestly feel like the Black Lives Matter movement has kind of been infiltrated. Kind of been, it's no longer, it's no longer what it means. Um, it, it's hard for me. Every day, every day I wake up and I see someone accusing this company of this and this company. And I have to... I don't know who's genuine anymore. You know what I'm saying? And that is hard to go through right now. Um, Starbucks is a prime example. They were saying to their employees, you can't wear Black Lives Matter stuff. And then they produced this shirt and was like, y'all can buy this. I'm going to get my food. Y'all can buy this. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, so it makes me feel like who 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 is for black people and who is really you know and I am very very I have seen some crazy videos and which is crazy that you have to see videos I saw a video of a, a white man standing up for a fourteen year old kid who was getting harassed by two middle aged white people because he was riding his bike on an empty sidewalk where. And he wasn't bothering anyone, and they were like, you should be riding your bike on the bike lane, which, in my opinion, I hate riding on the bike lane because I have a bike. I bike to work every once in a while. It's been a while. But I hate riding the bike lane. Um, I, only have to, I only do it when I have to. Uh, if the sidewalk is empty and I'm not dealing with anybody, you know, I'm going to ride on the sidewalk. I feel that's more safer. And so – 
I really feel like um, uh, yo, yo. I really Here's feel like me. with this whole everything happening. Um, back to the original topic, which was should the NBA players get back to to work? I really feel like if if they pull their money together, which they do, or if they're in this community and they're a black community person and they use their platform, like a few years back, I, I remember seeing that picture of Kobe, the I Can't Breathe shirt on, and Kobe, um, that was back when uh, Eric Garner died, you know, was killed. Um, I remember seeing that, you know, and thinking, well, that's just using it. When, when they used their hoodies, when uh, when uh, Trayvon Martin was killed, yeah. you know what I'm saying? All the use your platform and then keep talking about it. When they come to you at the end of your at the end of your game and they want to talk about their stats, you say, "Hold on, we're gonna talk about this, this, and this." You're gonna make you. I'm gonna make you. I'm gonna force you to understand why we're protesting. And I think that would be a great way. I don't know about you guys. And uh, what do y'all think? Let's start with uh, Sam. Go ahead. DC, um, so I want to make sure I understand the question. So the question is, can the athletes start work and continue their activism? Yeah, um, basically. And I think you, yeah, and I think you kind of pointed out some 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 pretty good points here about um, the athletes being able to use their platform because I I agree with you a hundred percent on that. I think if the season starts, um, I, I I agree that they. If they, if collectively, if if they choose to, I believe they should go back to work. And to your point, use their post-game time and pre-game time to be able to talk about, or maybe just post-game interviews, be able to talk about social injustice and the things that they want to stand up for. Um, you know, um, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Um, I think that's what it is, and I, and I think what it is that'll allow other people that exist in the in the community that are pushing for change everybody needs to step up um is another thing um is kind of like a subtitle underneath that is that you know i i appreciate what the athletes have done up to this point um using their platform so far to uh spread a message and, and to help invoke change where they can but you're right I, I i don't technically i don't agree or disagree whether or not they go back but if they do go back then I agree. You're right. They should use that platform uh, to uh, uh, highlight their causes. Okay. Uh, I do want the NBA to go back for selfish reasons. I want LeBron to win a fourth championship and, you know, end the debate. But what, 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 what debate would it end? Boom. Well, not, Ain't no debate. I don't think it would end the no debate, debate, but I think it will help him out. He, or in order for LeBron to be in the conversation legitimately, I think he needs to have at least four minimum. You know, because everybody wins three is the typical kind of. But going back to the didn't win one. <laughs> yeah, right, he legitimized with one, but I he I I like LeBron, but I don't know what level you're trying to say is going to be talked about. But in the talking about, like, so how do you how do you feel about them fighting about going back to work? I, I mean, I kind of agree, like, with what you're saying. Like, if they do go back to work, how they should address it or, you know, kind of continue forward moving the message is, you know, control the media narrative or they have the opportunity to control not – you know, they can still answer their typical game question, but, you know, devoted time to talk about the cause or certain things. 
But the other thing is I want them to put their money where their mouth is, you know. That means getting people out to vote, you know. The biggest changes, and I, I think LeBron and some people have done it, you know, trying to fight voter suppression and some other stuff. So I think if maybe they don't know how to do national, but if they just focused on their city or their area, you know, maybe if they get 1,000 people registered, you registered, you know, African American. It's going to be hard for them to, you know, to focus on their area because they're not in their area. They're all going to be in Orlando. Well, the season's only yeah. for, like, going to be a month or two, you know. Yeah. But, like, like, I mean, they have other people. They have secretaries. As long as they can put resource behind it and continue to talk, you know, do both. Talk in the media, but back it up, you know. There's got to be action on the ground to make it happen, not just talk. Because, you know, I like the talk, you know, idea of keep on – keep the message going because, you know, 2020 has been a year where one thing after another rolls up and, you know, you tend to slowly kind of, you know, get, what do you call, not lenient, what's the word, like, you get numb in a way. Yeah, you're right. Chad, how do you feel about it? Uh, I don't argue both ways. Um, I see, the what I've heard, why they don't, someone don't want to go back to work so they feel like it's going uh um, bring attention away from what is actually going on in the world, which I, I definitely, definitely understand why you wouldn't want to go back to work for that. Like when you look at when you look at sports in America, is sports have always been a distraction for everything, no matter what is being protesting nine eleven. You know, I, I think like what were they out for a week for nine eleven, and the next thing you know that everything was back. And it, it was sports was like this relief for America to to take a break to sit down like oh back it it took you away from that reality now in saying that I I think I think if they go back they have they have the opportunity to be on a platform which I I, I can't really say that because like you got Twitter you got Facebook you got Instagram so you have platforms but. I guess this this form of platform, the media platform, you have a larger audience you can reach and keep. As long as I guess you keep the message in mind of what you're doing, like even though you're playing a game. Hey, can like, I jump in quick? Yeah, sure. So going to your point, like this whole idea of you know sports, and like you know there's like a debate where people don't want politics and sports. You know the whole idea of Colin Kaepernick. You know where they think you know sports is their escape. Point and you know they don't have to worry about anything. And now, if you definitely make that part very uncomfortable, they really have no place to escape. And you know that's one of the issues. Like people have to face the issues head on. They can't just escape from it in a way. So I think if the athletes continue to push the message and you know not just stay quiet. If they stay quiet, then they play into the old old age. You know, kind of you know you know it's an escape point. But if they kind of become a area where they're shining a light on it and they other people can't escape you know use sports as an escape factor you know then i think it'll help everybody out you know there's nowhere to go you gotta you're gonna hear you know you gotta listen in a way the other issue for a lot of them what i'm also reading is they're worried about getting injured during this time um i honestly um i'm on the fence about the season because the season, the question is, does this is the season will it have a asterisk next to it? Are they really considered? If the Lakers win, are they really considered the real champions? Um, I mean, because they're they're also doing an experiment. 
let's be honest, they're doing an experimental playoff form. They're doing I mean, one versus sixteen, one versus sixteen, right? But as long as there's seven game series, as long as they have seven game series, then I don't care enough. Uh, but still, I mean, I mean, you're not playing. The Lakers aren't. They're not. No longer are they playing. All right, let's say my Wizards make it in. They're the 16th seed, their last seed in the what? But let's just say they make it in. All right, so they get – I think they get like four games before or eight games, and then they get whoever those eight games, after those eight games, the top 16 teams make it in. All right, so let's say my Wizards make it in. Because right now, let's go look at the – we can look at the uh, – hold on one second. Let's look at the – I'm going to run to the store, so I'm going to turn my screen off. I'm going to do audio only. What are we looking at, DC? I'm looking at the NBA standards, all right? So right now, from the East Conference, you have the Wizards all the way up to the Bucks going in, and then you have the Suns all the way up to the Lakers going in. All right, so those are the 22 teams. All right, so so in order to be top eight, you have to have 32. So the Grizzlies would have to lose. So honestly, I don't see I don't see the Wizards making it in. But think, let's see. I think aren't they having some of the games to some of the teams to make it into the playoff? Yeah, I thought they have like seven regular games or something like that. Yeah. So the, yeah. So and basically, you have to get in within the last eight spots. Hold on, shit. I might have to go. I don't, I don't I don't know, man. Like I'll be honest with you about this. Um. I, I I don't know, man, because I mean, I feel a way about the season. I said maybe they should just stop the season where it is starting up this year, you know. And then then there's I'm like Sonji, Then it's like a selfish part of me where I'm just like, man, I ain't got nothing else to do. I really want something to watch, yeah. you know. So well, Sunday, but Sunday. All right, never mind. Go ahead. I, think, I, think, I think it's a positive to it, bro, honestly. Like, um, it's something different. It's give us something exciting to watch. Now, nah, I'm not I'm not even gonna be mad, you know, because I wanna I wanna, you know, I wanna watch the, the game. But I just think it's gonna be something new. Now, is it gonna leave an asterisk by the season? Maybe. Maybe not. I mean, there's like what? You have to leave an asterisk. They're think, no longer think, going. They're no longer going it, with the the way they were going before. You know what I'm saying? I think it only so, leaves the asterisk if there's like a coronavirus. You know, one of the major star gets a coronavirus and they can't finish the series. Ooh, that's a the question. Hold on, Sandra. What happens if that? Like, what happens if an NBA player that's in the – like, say they play in the finals, right? They in the finals. Then all of a sudden, one of the players get corona. Do they I stop? Think they should just... Or do they keep playing? Like, there's, that's a lot of – there's a lot of dynamic about that, too. And, and that more than likely, to... we're not the only ones talking about this. You know what I'm saying? They're, yeah, they're going to be in a little bubble. Their bubble – their bubble – I mean, like, like people like Luka Doncic – have to come in America, have to do two weeks of 
quarantine and then have to do two weeks of quarantine in their little bubble before they start doing stuff in Orlando. That's a whole month, bro. Honestly, I, honestly, I don't think it's going to be well, – you know, they're con- kind of concerned about the health, but, like, they're all in that range where it's not a, you know, issue for, you know, that age range. I understand if they don't want to get it their family member, but, you know, maybe they can quarantine themselves and, you know, if they do have it, you know, then they can go back to their family members. But I think you got to finish the game off because that helps you make money. You know, that's a good thing. It keeps the people occupied. It helps you build your legacy for some people, I feel like, you know, especially LeBron. He doesn't have that much time. And and you got to go through all the playoff rounds. You know, the, the only asterisk I see is, like, you know, the, the regular season is shortened by eight to ten games. But other than that, you know, most of the season's been complete. You're playing the same amount I mean, of playoff rounds. You really rounds. think about it, back in the 90s, they used to do – before the fi- before the conference finals, they used to do best of five. They could possibly do that. I like the seven game. I think this is just like an anomaly in a way, just to kind of you know, it's a reaction to this. You know, it's like business. Like you know, every business got to adapt. You know how we were talking about capitalism. You know, if it doesn't adapt or you know, then you kind of just fall behind or get you know, taken out in a way. So I think it's just an off thing they they got to do and. I think it's a good thing. I want to see some fucking basketball. I don't know. There's like an asterisk on Ke- uh, Warriors, don't you think so? With Kevin Durant. You know, people say that shit. Yeah, Sanjay, but I think that's for different reasons, though. But um, I, 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 I agree with what you're saying, though. You know, this season – you know, that asterisk, I believe, is going to exist, but I think it'll be just one of those in history. And, you know, they're going to be able to look back and see an asterisk next to the season champion and be like, what what was so unique about that year? And, you know, it'll be one of those things, and, you know, in the, in the history of the NBA, when they look back at it in 50 years or 40 years, they'd be able to go back and say, you know, if that was a year when a world pandemic struck and they shortened the season or they or – they, can't they temporarily postponed the season and recontinued it but in in a you know in a simulated fashion to have a new champion or or to crown a champion for that season so you know i think it's one of those things you're right so this is one of the things that exist exist in history as an asterisk um that we'll look back but i do think whoever's crowned this year as a champion is is I, in my opinion i would look at them as the champion for that season regardless of how things played out and I agree with you so hardly on that, Sam. But here's my thing. Why? So I, I guess I want to play devil advocate today because I like playing. So why would there be an asterisk on this season? Wouldn't you think that if they played the rest of it out, played the playoffs, that whoever wins the championship has earned that championship, regardless of how the season may have ended or, like, what had happened in it, I don't feel like it should be an asterisk by it because if you earn it, you play through all the games, you you earn that championship. Like I think the only reason they say it because of chemistry, maybe because you know you had this long period off and you lose team chemistry. But the thing about basketball is usually the best team wins because you know it's the seven game series and basketball. You know you two, you play both ways. You know there's less chance for luck and stuff like football. You know where you know other factor plays in. Definitely. Usually basketball. The best team usually wins. 
Yes, Sanjay, yes, Sanjay, and yes, Shad. Those are good points. Um, I would say to to those points, I would say the reason why the asterisk needs to exist is to what Sanjay just alluded to: the fact that there was just this lull in the season that happened for like three, three and a half, four months that has allowed teams think about this has allowed a lot of teams to to rest and regain strength. And I think right before the coronavirus hit, the LA Clippers was just starting to hit their stride. So. You know, is it, is it going to be one of those things where if the Lakers somehow pulled it off and won the Western Conference Final against the Clippers, would we attribute it to the fact that, hey, um, you know, the L.A. Clippers were actually starting to hit their stride at this point. But since they've come back since the COVID uh, break, you know, they just really haven't. They've tried to refine their chemistry and it just hasn't really clicked going into the playoffs. So, you know, I think that's why the asterisk has to exist. You know, I think this is just a very unique circumstance in our history. And, you know, it's – it's. I think that has to be polished to some degree. Well, that, is true. that is true. But I was, I was about to say something like – I was about to say, what about the, all the college – whoa, all the co- – Jesus. <clears throat> all the college kids or something big get to have the championship this year. And, I mean, like – I don't know. I, I think you made some valid points, and I can't really argue like something against it right now. I'm trying to think of something. I ain't got nothing. <laughs> but I'm 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 just looking at. It. I don't think it should be there. I get why it should, but I don't think it diminished their championship. Let me right, say it right. That it should. All right. It should. I'm not arguing that it does. I think it just looks at it as a unique circumstance yeah. under which but, championship won. That's right, but I think there's some people that's going to diminish it and be like, "Oh, it was a it was a half season. It don't mean nothing." Like that's why I was saying, like they worked for it, they they got that. And I don't I don't want them to whoever wins. I don't want their their legacy to, to be diminished to be like, "Oh, well, they won it. It was, you know." Uh, let's just say DC Wizards won it, like. Maybe they got healthy and got rested, and they just go on a freaking a, a fucking tear. You know, I mean, John Wall is healthy now. So I mean, or <laughs> or true. or the or the New Jersey Nets right now. You know, so say I know KD said he wasn't coming back, but like you get KD and um and um uh, <coughs> back healthy. So I mean, like they make a run. I don't, I don't feel like it still diminishes their their championship. I'm what well what I'm saying, I think people will say that it diminished it would diminish the championship like, oh, it's not legitimate because of the asterisk there and because of the season when I'm like, well, they kinda earned it. I get that they took a break and it's not fair, but they still earned it because they still had to play through all these games to get to that point. Yep, I, I don't disagree, Shad. <laughs> All right. So, so we got we got the NBA out of the way. My only core siding uh, thing is like like I, I agree with Sam. Teams hit stride. Y'all know I'm a big soccer lover. I love uh, the game of football. Um, Champions League soccer. They stopped the whole tournament, mid-tournament. And then you have teams that – teams like Germany, Bayern Munich in Germany is the only – Germany, that's the only team in the in the Champions League from Germany. They're playing 
fucking amazing right now. They have won. They haven't lost since December. Wow. They haven't drawn since December. The last time you saw them in the Champions League, they beat Chelsea seven to three in a soccer match. You have a team that has started its league back up a whole month before Italy, Spain, England starts this month back, and then they start Champions League. They'll finish their league at the end of July. Um, they'll start Champions League in the beginning of August. And now, now you have Champions League going on, and it's like, is it a good thing or is it a bad thing that they started a whole month earlier, and now they're finishing – these other teams are going to be informed. It's like, damn. So if, if they don't I, don't, I don't really understand how anyone can consider any sports. You know, like like Sam said, teams were hitting their strides at different times. Now, let's say, let's say you know, you got Juventus. You got Ronaldo on your team. And Ronaldo's playing amazing because he's been working his ass off. He might not have been working his ass off beforehand. You know, but now he is. Messi playing amazing. All these, all these giant superstars. LeBron is not. They they had a video of LeBron riding bikes with Anthony Davis not too long ago in the middle of L.A. You know what I'm saying? Not everybody took this quarantine to get in shape. You know what I'm saying? So unfortunately, you know, I don't know how much, in my opinion, I don't know how much this season really ends up being great. Great, great, great. It's always going to have an asterisk to me. I mean, of course, I'm going to give them a – I'm going to give them a champion. Yeah, they won the championship, but it don't really matter. You say that, Ray. If the Wizards pull it off, you'll be you'll – be <laughs> If the Wizards pull it off, it's still – John Wall wasn't, wasn't going to be there at first, and now he's back. I'm still going to say, damn, that's kind of fucked up. Now we got to do it again. Let's run it back. No, better, John, no, if the Wizards won, is it legitimate or is it illegitimate? Illegitimate. Man, there's no way Wizards can have wouldn't claim that. I, I wouldn't count it. But imagine, though, just imagine that. He comes <laughs> back. He's, he wasn't supposed to play at all this season. We had a whole three-month break, and the season starting back up. And guess what? The Wizards paying that man his money. They want their, their work. Get your ass in the game. You know what I'm saying? Even though they said that John Wall isn't playing. But, um, hey, but don't you think the asterisk, it kind of makes it to a point where, like, hey, we had to stop. We didn't have chemistry, but we got in shape and still won. So that could be a good counterpoint, hey, for counting, you know, like, hey, this is legitimate, you know. True. Yeah. It could be a thing. That, that, that's not their fault that your teammates didn't take an accountability to work out and maybe improve something on their game. Bro, you play basketball. You can go outside in your driveway and play basketball and put up some hoops. You know what I mean? You ain't got – it's not like football where you need contact or something like that. Soccer, you can go out and run every day. Every, You know, you can lift weights and stuff. But basketball is literally like one of those sports. Like, you can do it anywhere, anytime, any place. You can put up shots. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree, man. There's, there's no asterisk. I think that I, I, the asterisk only to me represents just the uniqueness of the season. But I wouldn't discredit whoever the champion is. They're all paid professionals. Um, they know what they got to do. The season, all, all their seasons will start at the same time. Hey, 
Everybody knows what the goal is. The goal never changed. So that's my take. Amen. Y'all know who I think go, who, who y'all think gonna win it. Let's go ahead and do that now. Over here. Y'all know y'all need to know who's all in it. Man, yeah, I didn't know who all in it, man. You can't just pull out a question like that. Nah, you know. <laughs> Team on each conference or top eight team, the West and the East or whatever. No, it's twenty-two. Yeah, but they're not. I don't think, yo. So, math, give math, us the best math, one that has a chance of winning. I thought, I thought, I thought, uh, mathematically that Memphis wouldn't be able to make it, or it's Memphis or the Pelicans got a really hard schedule coming up, and they last like seven games or some crap. I think Pelican. They want Zion to get in for a rating. But, okay, I think here are the top teams, I think. Uh, Lakers, Clippers, Milwaukee, Houston. Milwaukee has Celtics. the best chance. Uh, Milwaukee, if you bet $100, you can get $200 back. Yeah, because they yeah. have the least competition because of the East. But Miami's well, a sleeper. Real competitive. Uh, okay. We're not even going to focus on the East because I think I, I do think the uh, Milwaukee's going to come out of the East. But, but it's not even the East no more. That's what y'all don't realize. It's not. It's the best record. That's what I'm trying to tell y'all. They're, they're not doing East. They're, Adam Silver has been wanting to do the one versus 16 format for the longest. longest. Been, I think that's true for basketball. I think, isn't that going to be more exciting, though? Think about it. No, it's not. The one seed would be the Bucks. The 16 seed would be, all right, here, 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 would be the Grizz. Who's number two? Lakers? The Lakers would be number two. The Lakers would end up having to play the Clippers immediately, not too long after the first round. Man, that's I guess, Go ahead and that's get them out of the way. How they, wait, how are they going to play? The there's Clippers no longer, there's no longer Eastern and Conference Final. That's what huh? they were talking about. So they're treated like the NCAA. Huh? So they're they treated like NCAA. No. Yeah, well, they're using this since they have to do it experimental. They're doing a different 16 seed style instead of doing the top eight of each. Because there, there physically is no way for the top eight to happen because the Wizards are six behind the Magic. The the and that's in the East, so they will automatically be out. There's no way for them to get in. The Pelicans are two behind the Magic. The Grizzlies are two above the Magic, so so the Grizzly and the and the Magic would be the the eight seeds in each, but they're giving them all they're giving the Trailblazers, the Pelicans, the Kings, the Spurs, the Suns, and the Wizards who only have twenty four wins a chance to get into this by making them play the Magic, making them play each other, the Magic, the Grizzly, they have to all play. Well, I thought it was a seven. Everybody had to play seven regular season games at the end. So, like, what is the take on that? Like, the I think that determines the last two playoff spots. It determines the. Oh, I'm reading through it right now. That is neutral site. You got to think about all that. Yeah, home plat, home board doesn't really matter. L- let me yeah, tell you something. Yeah, I was about to say, I from from betting from betting on soccer, boy, I'm telling y'all that home court has been n- negated. 
Sunday. Get that mic, Sunday. But this ain't like soccer, man. This Sunday might go on like. <laughs> huh? Yeah, here Sanjay Mike just going. Yeah, mute that thing, Sanjay. I'm running, walking. <laughs> My man goes, I'm running, walking. Um, man, nobody told you to go to the store in the middle of the podcast, bro. They could have waited. Literally. We ain't got um, much longer, man. We probably we probably gonna wrap this got up. Got two more segments. Se- segments and we're done. So who y'all picking? Y'all picking? I'm I'm personally gonna pick. Um, I think the Bucks get it. Bucks. I'm thinking Lakers versus Bucks and the Lakers winning. Neutral site. I'm taking the Bucks. Really? Yep. Sam, they weren't even right. that good at home this year. So I'm gonna go left field on all y'all. Man. Celtics. No. I'm going to pick the Clippers to win it all. Because I uh, think they got the best team. Like, they got the or, injured team. Clyde uh, uh, still injured. He's, he's not going to be able to play full game. And he's only going to play for a quarter and going to tap out. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, man. I think Kawhi in this time of season is a different guy. And the Clippers have, like, one of the deepest bench out there in the NBA right now. So... No, I'm not gonna lie. The 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 bench that the Bucks have is pretty good. I mean, they decent, but I, I just I'm, I'm pretty sure don't they have? I'm, I'm gonna ride the Clippers train, dog. Ride. All right, buddy. Good luck. <laughs> um, one of the, one of the, next topic and one of the final topics is the thing because we're gonna. Been on this about an hour. Let's pet this up, chop this thing up. Um, uh, so we had Dak Prescott during this whole time doing the contract negotiation. And if everybody knows, everybody knows us. Uh, we all went to Mississippi State during Dak Mania. Pay my boy. That's all I'm gonna say. Pay him now. Is he a top? Wait, can I can I start off? Wait, can I? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Pay him. I don't care what nobody says. Pay that. <laughs> he deserves. Maybe I'm biased because we all in MSU. But I don't give a fuck. Pay that man. He deserves his money. He done been there five years. Had a salary of four hundred some thousand dollars. Have got you more wins than Tony Romo. Like, why not pay him? Is he a top ranked quarterback? Yeah. You know. Is he a Patrick Mahomes or, you know, somebody like that, Aaron Rodgers? He's going to be better than Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is good, but he's overhyped. Okay, I'm going to kick Sunday, you. stop. You know, you I'm kicking you off of this call. Bro, bro. Hey, how y'all say bye to Sanjay. Hey, how many number one wide receivers Patrick Mahomes had? How many what? Number one wide receivers did Patrick Mahomes have? Three. How many number one tight end did he have? The best, Travis Kelsey. He had one of the best offensive lines. A fucking offensive he, genius coach. How do you have? How do you have three uh, number one? Number ones. I know. Yeah, Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill. Then he had somebody else. I mean, I mean, if you count Kelsey. Sammy Watkins is not a number one. Yes, no. he is. He was. No. He was, he was drafted high. One. He was drafted high, but he's not a number one. He's not. He uh, is. He's a I bet mean, I mean, he would be a number one in a lot of teams. Close to a number one. 
if he put him in yep. half of the teams, he would be a number well, one. Buffalo, that they they didn't they thought he wasn't a number one. That's why they got rid of him. And that's why they're Buffalo. You can't Ash. you can't use Buffalo as an example, Ash. Sam, of a good uh, Buffalo. A good is a hey, time out, dog. Buffalo's a two year playoff team. Back to back. Finally, finally. I mean, that's what they, I mean, but obviously, obviously, Sammy Watkins wasn't the wasn't the answer because when he was there, they didn't go to the playoffs. The minute they, they get rid of him, they go to the playoffs. Bro, they had well, Rex Ryan. I mean, that that whole organization was dysfunction. Man, hold on, man. Let's get back to the topic of that. Okay, back to my point, man. Is he one of the top? I say top five quarterbacks in the league right now. Debatable. I'm, I'm going to say he's not top five, but he close. He's top ten. He's top ten. He's top ten. top ten. I don't think there's too many quarterbacks you'll put in front of him, man. If I go, like, just name it off the list now and think of who's starting in the 32 team. I, I, he's top I mean, 15. I'm top taking like it back. Five. He's top 15. He's not top ten. Top man. Come on. He's top 15. No Come on. Listen, listen to me. All right. Automatically, one. Automatically, you have uh, the goat. You have Tom Brady. All right. Two, Ooh. you have. I mean, you can boo him, but he has six rings. I got it. I got it. I know he he clicked. But we'll. I'm not even a Brady Tom Brady fan. Brady. And I'm. I'm. It, that's like saying. That's like saying booted LeBron. So, I think. I think we can say he's Tom Brady. Drew Brees, Ed Rogers, Ben, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson. Five, no, six. Russell Wilson would be in front of. Aaron Rodgers. He's better. I think Russell Wilson is better than Tyler. I think Wilson. Russell Wilson would be the number two quarterback in the league. He's number yep. one. Uh, talent wise, he's the best quarterback in the league. Tom Brady is only good now because he has six rings, but Tom Brady's on the back end of his career. His arm strength isn't there, but he still has a great mind and he can still throw the football to a degree. But he isn't the best quarterback in the league. No, he's not. He's the he's most athletic. athletic. He's the most he's the efficient most quarterback in the league. But he's still and, uh, great. But here, here's my – hold on. Before we move back on the deck, I, I really want to see how he plays this year in Tampa Bay in that system because, man, he has a squad. Like, he has never had a squad like this like he has at Tampa Bay. And, like, if he don't go to the play – if he doesn't go to the championship or at least will continue, I, mean, I, think it's a, I think it's a loss for him. Dude, <laughs> NFC is stacked, bro. This year is going to be awesome. Let's be honest. I mean – the fucking Super Bowl is in Tampa Bay. We're, it's lining up for him. The, where else is he going to go? It's like football guys is open and brushing fucking Tom Brady, man. Just, it's just like um, But Russell Wilson hasn't missed a game. No. There's no better, there's no better quarterback than that. Like he's the best quarterback in the league. Yeah, but he's got a bad offensive line. And then, like, this is what I was about to say about Dak, man. You look at, you look at him, you look at him, like, for us, like, I guess I hate to put in fantasy in this, but like he's what he's a top five quarterback in fantasy yard per game. Yep. Nobody's Dude. putting up his yardage. And Nobody, he's number one or number two yards. You and know, you know what else? I mean, you know what else? You can't argue with that. The man has a really good offensive line. They 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 can use one maybe one or two more guys to sure it up, maybe a little something. He has a great wide receiver. He's blessed with a good tight end, thanks to uh, Jason Witten coming back for one more season. Shout out to him. Jason Witten was terrible last year. 
Yeah. Hey, 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 Jason Witten went to the Raiders. Huh? He went to the Raiders. He did. I forgot about that. Yeah, so. Then they had, uh, they had Randall. Did they not have Randall Cobb last year? Yeah, yeah they he's did. Still on the, he's still on the roster. No, he went to Texas. Oh, okay, never mind. He went where? Texas. Uh, I'm just saying, Jackson. like, I, I pay the man his money. No, my thing I do is, understand what you're saying, Chad. Yes, but unfortunately, these owners are not. If you, if it's any type of business, y'all know what it is. Is what can you, what have you done for me lately? And what, what, do you mean? what has he done for you? He lately? done every, he didn't, he done everything done better everything. than Carson Wentz or golf or good as golf. And I'm talking about. Paid. I'm like, what are you doing for me now? Like, what are you? I'm you not know, even fan and I wanted they're to not going to pay that man. And and unfortunately, go ahead, Sam. I see you with the. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do now. When I want to speak, I'm just gonna wait for y'all to stop. And I'm just gonna put my hand up and just be like, "All right, I, I think you're right." So the thing is, the question is, is okay. So should that get the money that he's asking for? He's asking for 35 million a year, if I'm if I remember correctly. And I think one thing we all have to remember, guys, and I think this is something we've we've seen how the trend has been going the last, I think, since the past decade, close to a decade and a half, is that the quarterback market is very saturated and uh typically the asking price or the the price per player on a quarterback is extremely higher than any other position because we've identified that the quarterback obviously is the most important position on the field so i think with Dak, it's i think Dak's right in the in the money he's asking at least in the range i think he's definitely like a 30 million plus um at least but you know um, if he wants 35, that's his prerogative. Um, but uh, I, I think we just have to remember that. And you also got to think he's playing for America's team, which is the most marketable NFL team. Um, and he's been – he's played every game. Um, and he's been nothing short of the model citizen uh, for that organization since he stepped in. So I think with all that being said, you know, the money that he's asking for, and then we also have to think that the salary cap is going to increase. Um, it's going to increase, uh, I forget by how much, but several million dollars. So That's a 10%. 10%, 10%, 10% every year. To, right, and then they're talking about the additional game that the players are going to play. So I think It's going to go crazy more because they got gambling too. There's going to be a yeah. lot of shit that kicks in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I think just with all that in mind, I think Dak's asking price based on future trajectory of NFL money, I think is actually in the right – he's in the right boat, actually. I, I, I agree. But here's, here's my thing. I think they – I think he's also wanting a shorter deal so he can get back off in there and take advantage of that new market, too, as well when all that money gets there. Like, nobody's really signed, like, long-term deals. Like, the, the, the yeah, capital like three is trying to find him to, like, five to six years. He doesn't want a three-year deal. Like, maybe a three- to four-year deal from what I'm hearing. So, I mean, like, I, do you want to play on a franchise tag? I mean, it's guaranteed money. I mean, I don't see nothing wrong with it. You know what I'm saying? And, the, and you know where that number is coming for 35? So he's going to get, like, 31 or $32 million this year. He's going to get, like, 37 next year if he gets tagged again. So, which averages around to, you know – like $35 million a year, the minimum. The minimum, that's what they got to pay him, you know? So it's just good, like, negotiation in a way. But you know what? I wouldn't even see my deal because from what I'm hearing, Patrick Mahomes is restructuring his deal or trying to get a new deal anyway. 
So I'll wait. He's gonna bust yeah. Dude, if he wins the Super Bowl, if he wins the Super Bowl, forty million plus. That he's gonna ask for forty million plus. If he takes him to the Super Bowl, you gotta ask for forty million plus. All right, man. I think Patrick Mahomes gonna get fifty million plus, man. Just, 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 I think Cowboys. Uh, let's go look. Um, most, um, most. But yeah, hey, but they're like number America's, five on the most valuable team in the world. But you say you know the America's team or whatever. But like every QBs get like you know advertisement because you know they're franchise QB. And if you're the America's team, you also get the America's headache. You know you got to deal with the media. Actually, you gotta deal Cowboys with the are number headache. one. From last year, the Cowboys are number one. They're valued at five billion dollars a year. Look at it like this. Um, look at it like this. Um, just like not too long ago, um, Spotify paid uh, Joe Rogan $100 million. And then Spotify got evaluated as a billion-dollar company. Once you pay that man, you're gonna go, your money, your worth is going to go up. Maybe you go ahead and pay him. If he were 35, maybe, yeah, maybe not. I mean, I do get what Shad is saying based off of past. I mean, if it wasn't for how the Cowboys handled the whole um, Ezekiel Elliott suspension thing, how that was handled, if Zeke had went ahead and took that suspension at the beginning of the year instead of trying to play whatever game he wanted to play, they would have went to the playoffs every year the two of them did they haven't missed the. They missed the playoff last year. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. No. They no, beat, no, yeah. no. They made it. They made it. But they no, lost they the first it. round. They missed oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. Twenty nineteen. They missed it. Yeah. Did they miss it? Yeah, they missed it. They fired Jason Garrett right after the season uh, ended. A couple of weeks, but they, they didn't make yeah, it. I was thinking twenty eighteen. My bad. His yeah. job was on the line. His job. They, so in five years, how long is how long has Dak been there? Five Four? years. Five. Just going on the fifth year. Yep. Yeah. No, no, no. So he has a fifty percent playoff. He has a fifty percent playoff, like where he's been in the playoff fifty percent of his career. He won his first he year. He missed a year. He won his next year. He missed last year. Come on, man. Pay that man. Go ahead, pay him. And you know that first year he they beat Green Bay, but Aaron Rodgers made a comeback and his defense got fucked up. He would have went. Deep, you know, he would have had a deep playoff run in his rookie year if it wasn't for one bad defensive lap. Yeah, I I just think they should pay him. He's been like, like Sam said, he's been a model citizen for that franchise. Like, you can't but said, be a better guy but to represent your franchise. But you think besides. they're gonna pay him? No, I don't think Jerry Jones is gonna pay him. Jerry Jones just don't pay nobody if you unless you ain't if you ain't Tony Romo, you ain't getting paid. I think, and I kind of like that. It's gonna put a fire under Dak, and once he proves him wrong, you know, I think I think he'll pay him then once he has like a 
deep playoff run. I don't think so. They got Andy Dalton sitting right behind him. So. That was. I don't think that's what that was. I don't think Andy Dalton is somebody they're looking to replace Dak Prescott with. Um, I, I, I agree. I think if I think evidently one one or two things are going to happen. Either Dak's going to get paid from Jerry Jones, or somebody else is going to pay from the money he's looking for. Exactly. I think the way Dak will get paid, but it's, I think it, it'll come to a point in time if Jerry Jones don't pay him this year, and depending on what happens this year in the season, then somebody else is going to get him the money he's looking for. Yeah, most definitely. I I agree with that. But I you you you're, you're sitting here saying that that Andy Dalton isn't a starter though. Like he is. I, I think, but I think that's why they got him. Is like you know you can't hold out. You know they're trying to take leverage away from him. It's strictly like a you either take our deal or you know if you don't want to play with us, we'll play with Andy Dalton. Mm-hmm. Because we have to remember, Andy Dalton was only signed, I believe, it was just a one-year contract. A yep. one-year contract, $3 million. Yeah. So, so I think you're right. I think Andy Dalton's hire was more of an insurance policy in case Dak decided that, he is, that he's going to hold out. But I don't think Dak's going to hold out when they're going to pay him uh, 30, 31 or $32 million on the uh, franchise tag. So I think he'd be a fool to sit out on that. Plus, I, I plus, don't know, man. Plus, he has know. to prove himself. Like, if this if this season goes bad, you know, whatever like the value is asking, he's gonna look like a fool. Nobody's gonna give him that contract if they go like four and whatever. Well, that's my thing. But hasn't he done enough to prove that he deserves that contract, though? Yeah. You know how the NFL is, man. That once they start a narrative. Sometimes. That's just like clowning, man. Like they didn't want to pay. Nobody wants to play clowning, but he's put up numbers every year, except for the years, the first couple of years he was injured. But he's put up numbers. That's what you. True, true. All right, so we had our two minute warning. I got a couple, one more, few more questions to ask y'all. Then we're gonna get. We've been in here about a year, hour. Hey, let me ask you something. Y'all going to NASCAR races soon? Y'all, y'all feel welcome to go to NASCAR? <laughs> Short answer. No. I honestly feel like I'm. I honestly feel like I might want to go out there, Talladega. Let's go to Dega. Let's go. Um, I think I think that um, I, I literally saw a video today that showed Alvin Kamara going to a NASCAR race. He's like, yo, they 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 banned the flag. They want us there. They want us there. And I think that I mean a lot of people like racing. There's, there's a reason why Gran Turismo is a good game. That's true. You know what I'm that's saying? True. People love – we just weren't going, man, and that's the truth. We weren't going because, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't mind going, drinking all day, watching cars, going to circle, party, and talking to my friends. Let's yeah, do it. We can rent an RV. I mean, we can rent an RV and let's do it. Hey, but I, I'm, I'm going to say this. I think there's more – I think there's – would I go to a NASCAR race? Yeah, I just like I like I want to hear the sound of the cars. I think it's a strategy. It's more to it because of those cars are actually topped out. The engines are guzzled, so they all have like the same horsepower. It's about what you do to the car. So it's engineering and strategy hmm. for five hundred miles or whatever. And your team, right? Like and quickly being on target and you know 
changing things out right. Yeah, changing things out, having the right tires, maybe like drafting behind somebody to give the the build up speed. It's all kinds of things. There's strategy to it. So definitely, definitely, I would love to actually go to a race. To be honest with you, I think I, 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 the whole the whole question is: Do y'all feel comfortable? Like, and I know, and I I honestly feel like, I honestly feel like, yeah, they they banned the flag, and it wasn't to disrespect their fan base, but they the flag is very. Dis- if you're not white, that flag does not mean the same thing. You know what I'm saying? What that flag means to us is not the same thing that it means to a Caucasian American person in the South. So, well, yeah. there we go. so there we go. So now you're including more people to make more revenue to bring more people. You're not being a, a decisive. The there's been black people in racing for years. I mean, it's. Of it's, course, it's, of course. You know, there's been fan based black people. No, I no. Y'all doesn't have a huge fan base for black people either, but guess who does? I don't. don't, The heck no! I'm going to dispute that, man. I'm really going to dispute that. They said the NASCAR has never had a black fan base. I think it's had. It doesn't have that big of a black fan base. It doesn't exist, Sad. I'm just saying it's like not, not, not a big fan base. I'm not like a. a, a There's more of a bigger soccer fan base of African American people than there are fucking NASCAR. (laughs) I don't MLS know has a bigger, huh? I don't, I don't have no numbers on it, but I just feel like this is not not necessarily true. Maybe they grown out. Maybe maybe there were NASCAR fans and they grew out. Or I, I I think because like I'm just saying, there's not that many black people going to NASCAR events w- where we have to look at that fucking flag getting fl- raised in our face no, right next no, to no, it. No, 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 no. no I, you see that Mississippi State. I've seen that flag everywhere in Mississippi State football game, right? Or I, 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 I didn't see that, that much. Never seen that flag at a state game. I haven't seen that flag at a state game. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you must have had a different experience. Than different us. experience, bro. Like MSU was a blessing. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say. <laughs> but like I'm saying, like have you seen on somebody's truck or maybe not as pr- prominent? But I've seen it around campus. I I haven't. I have haven't at all. Yeah. Other not than a flag. Uh, yeah. No, nah, yeah. the one thing I do, I, the one thing I will say about the whole banning of the flag, I, I, I do feel like they should have made some type of, because it, it literally, it literally, like let's let's be honest, they didn't have that many black, they don't have that many black fans. They have majority white fans who love that flag. I really feel like I don't know. I want to know what their what their strategy was. But I also know that also know that what they said in their statement was that they don't want something that was so dis- divisive, you know, that is going to divide their you know their fan base and want to you know they want to welcome more fans and they felt like the flag wouldn't welcome more fans. Well, they wanted it based that, off of racing. Well, I think to to your point, DC, I think. I think there's been awakening in in white America about. Um, racism and what we as minorities go through on a daily basis lately. Um, it's taken them a long while to get there, but they're they're awakening to the things that's that's happening. As far as NASCAR taking it out, man, that's that's by as down home southern as you can get on on anything. 
Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a big change in a way. It was surprising. They didn't have to do it because, like, you know, they're they only got one black driver, right? But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, but this, this, hold on, this is my other point. There are employees that work for those teams that are black. I, I yeah. guarantee you. You're right. You're definitely right. Teachers, there's some black mechanics. You know, there's some black. There's a girl that's a black girl that's a crew member for one of the teams. I can't remember. But, like, it's hard to get to those positions. But I, I think it does open it up, NASCAR, to, like, being friendly seen as not just as – I guess, like, we see it as just a white sport, but, like, as a, a American sport, I guess so I want to say here or something like that. Um, who, who will y'all be rooting for? M&M-car. Bubba, Bubba Watson. <laughs> uh, what's his name? You said yeah. I, hey, look, man. I'll, I'll just because uh, I think and, and maybe, maybe that was what they did. Huh? Maybe that's what they did. I mean, because if you think about the PGA Tour, a lot of black people only watch it to watch Tiger Woods. You know what I'm saying? I'm not just gonna say white black folks. It's a lot of everybody just watching. Yeah, Tiger Woods. But a lot of black people are watching. I'm saying specifically, yeah. I'm watching to see how good Tiger does. I know no yeah. one else. In the PGA Tour, I do now. Now that I'm older and I've been watching it a little bit, but yeah. I, growing up, I only knew Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods was the inspiration of everyone. Maybe that what they're trying to do is have Bubba Wallace be the new Tiger Woods for NASCAR. Yeah, DC. I want to. Yeah, DC. Yeah, to strengthen your point, uh, the reason since Tiger Woods has joined the PGA Tour. Uh, the number of black people who play golf and participants in the PGA Tour and also just collegiate level has gone up a lot since Tiger Woods had joined it. So I think from a NASCAR standpoint, it's a really smart strategy to remove that flag to bring in a, a new fan base, um, uh, uh, sort of say. So it's, it's like what would happen eventually, it's like baseball. I think baseball used to be called the American uh, pastime and it used to be the most popular sport in um in in america up until i think maybe around the 60s and 70s when the nba and the nfl took more of a stride in becoming the more popular sports in america and that's because of its diversity because baseball was slow to the pitch and diversifying its sport yeah you're right uh, i mean now look at baseball if you ain't from Dominican, the Dominican, you ain't plugging. You know what I'm saying? But that, that's another disparity. That's a disparity in like I think baseball too for as uh black black people. I'm not saying like not not Afro Latino brothers, but as far as like African American, there's very little representation there for us besides the our our, our, our Afro Latino brothers. Yeah. what are you doing, bro? Andy, you gotta learn how to mute that mic, man. I know. Heard not podcast, bro. Stop. Man, is you taking a leak doing a podcast, dog? Oh, no, I was what washing my hands. I was washing my hands. Man, mute your phone. No, Jesus. Yeah, it's muted now. All right, final words, man. Anybody got any final words? We're going to take the last 10 minutes of this whole thing and y'all final uh, words. All right, so this is, our, uh, I guess I'll start off. This is our first podcast. I think it was pretty interesting. But on another note, pay my boy that. He needs his money. Um, <laughs> shout out to the awakening of America. And may we continue to change and strive for better, bro. Yeah. 
Yeah, Shad, I'm going to echo you, man. Um, uh, yeah, you know, it's been a really good talk. Um, I, I think uh, talking about sports and politics is definitely uh, in its in its uh, role in politics a little bit has, has been really interesting, has been an interesting conversation. Um, yeah, shout out to the awakening of America. Um, and you're right, man, we just got to keep pushing forward by doing the right things. Go vote. And hold your politicians accountable. Go to town hall meetings. Sanjay, are you off mute? Yourself. Yeah, I'm good. You have anything to say? Well, my prediction's going to be Dak's going to win the Super Bowl. LeBron's going to win the championship. And I think this awakening is a good thing. I think it's going to change America. Or it's going to be the first step for a long, you know, a lot of change coming forward in the coming years for me um i uh i'm grateful for this whole opportunity we've been wanting to do this for a while uh, thanks sanjay <laughs> um this has been a great experience um uh, i do love that we started this whole and this is the first episode, but oh, the, time, the time, uh, the times aren't really like for just all of us only talking about sports. You know what I'm saying? So as much as I didn't want to start this off such a serious conversation, I mean, it, we had an obligation to start it off seriously. You know what I'm saying? We had an obligation to, um, to you know discuss what's going on as four men of color uh well three men of color and sanjay no <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah but i'm really grateful i think i'm definitely colored maybe not as dark <laughs> i'm like, dark in dc so oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, oh, yeah. i'm definitely more colored than you dc and you're and you're more white than me too dc so you're the what? <laughs> the what? Infidel, infidel. Sunday, you you literally look like the little kid off of uh, of uh. <laughs> look at your, look at Sunday's hat right now. He's like this. <laughs> oh man. But oh, man, I wouldn't want to do any other guys. I really appreciate y'all. Uh, all the new uh, all the people that are listening thank y'all for tuning in we will try to have a weekly episode or at least bi-weekly for you guys um, my name is Eric aka DC we have my friend Sam Sam say what up what up guys Shadrick Greer the one and only Sanjay Rajput or as we call him Jeezy <laughs> and this has been four quarters. All right. So yeah. Thank y'all for taking your time out and listening. If you got any messages, you can just send us a message at four uh, four quarters on Instagram. Uh, we will also have our email and everything posted on there. Yo, we got right. a Twitter too, bro. We do have a Twitter. You're right. So if you want to start some conversations and you want to send some topics for us to talk about the next the next podcast or the next few podcasts, please feel free to do it.